Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Matthew, chapter 21. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Now remember I told you in chapter 20 through 27, we are in the final week in the life of our Lord. Here's the schedule of events for the week, the final week in the life of Jesus. Sunday, the triumphal entry into Jerusalem. Monday, Jesus cleanses the temple. If you've been around here and been here for the studies, you know these things. Tuesday, there's a controversy with the Jewish leaders. Wednesday, apparently, we don't know a lot from Scripture of what happened Wednesday, so we assume that Wednesday was a day of rest. Thursday, preparation for the Passover. Jesus prepares for the Passover. And then Friday, you know what happened on Friday. There was a trial. There was a crucifixion. On Saturday, Jesus rests in the tomb. And then what happened on Sunday, saints? Jesus raised from the dead. So, listen, Jesus rode into the city of Jerusalem on Sunday. The people were lining the streets. If you were here, you know, we call this the triumphal entry of Jesus into the city of Jerusalem. The people are lining the streets. They're waving palm branches and saying, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. As Jesus is then, Sunday, coming into the city, listen, he is proclaiming himself. With him riding into the city on the donkey, he's proclaiming himself to be the king. This is a proclamation of his royalty, that he is a king. Then on Monday, Jesus went into the temple. He drove out the ripoff artist, the money changers. There's a whole nother sermon there. Because I think the church needs to drive out some rip-off artists today. So on Monday, Jesus goes into the temple. He drives out the money changers. And by doing this, he is proclaiming himself. This is a proclamation that he is fulfilling the role of a high priest as he is taking care of the temple. Now, in our text this morning, in Matthew 21, it's Tuesday. Jesus is back in the area of the Temple Mount, and his enemies are questioning him and trying to trap him. And Jesus, you'll notice, when we read it, Jesus answers their questions with incredible wisdom, incredible insight, and thus, listen, he is fulfilling the office, the role of prophet. Remember? Jesus and Jesus alone fulfills the office, the threefold office of prophet, priest, and king. 
And here in his final week, he's fulfilling the office of prophet, priest, and king. Now, remember, listen, I told you, it's Tuesday. The date is the 10th day of Nisan. Anybody know what happened, what was supposed to happen on the 10th day of Nisan? According to Exodus chapter 12, read it in your own time. On the 10th day of Nisan, the Jews were to carefully examine, inspect, and scrutinize, analyze the Passover lamb from the 10th to the 14th day of Nisan. Making sure that lamb had no spot or no blemish. This is what they need to do in preparation for the Passover. And so here we have now, it is Tuesday. And remember, John saw Jesus and he said, what? Behold, the Lamb of God, which takes away the sins of the world. So we know that Jesus, the Lamb of God, now on Tuesday, is being inspected, scrutinized, analyzed by the Pharisees, by the religious leaders, by religious folks. Look at it. It's in Matthew chapter 21. Picking up in verse 23, saints, if you're with me, say amen. Amen. Now, when he came into the temple, the chief priest and the elders of the people, they confronted him as he was teaching. And they said, by what authority do you do these things? And who gave you this authority, Jesus? But they answered and they said to, but Jesus answered and said to them, I will also ask you one thing. I like that. See, they were asking him many things. But Jesus said, I'm going to ask you one thing, which if you tell me, I likewise will tell you by what authority I do these things. The baptism of John. Where was it from? From heaven or from men? And they reasoned among themselves, saying, if we say from heaven, he will say to us, why then do you not believe? But if we say for men, we fear the multitude for all count John as a prophet. And so they answered Jesus and said, we don't know. And he said to them, well, then neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. (laughs) Jesus is a trip. Okay. (laughs) I love it. Now, remember, if, if you weren't with us previously, the week before last, Jesus cursed a fig tree. It dried up, the Bible says, and withered from its root. And he and his disciples, after he cursed the fig tree, he and his disciples, he went back into Jerusalem and he went into the temple. And when he arrived in the temple, there was a large crowd that was gathered together in the temple. And whenever there is a large crowd gathered together, look, study the scriptures. Whenever there's a large crowd gathered together, guess what Jesus is going to do? A Bible study. Whenever there's a large crowd gathered together, Jesus is going to have a study. He's going to teach. He's going to preach. And as he was teaching, the religious leaders, the scribes, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the chief priests, the high-ranking officials, they confronted him. But did you notice something? Look in your Bibles again in verse 23. Did you notice it says, as he was teaching? How rude is that? Can you imagine, as I am teaching right now, someone comes in and interrupts my teaching. 
I can't even imagine that. I don't know what's going to happen to him if, you know, I'm, ain't no telling. Can you imagine somebody doing that here? I, I can't. Honestly, that's just rude. And how much more rude is it to interrupt the teaching of the son of man? And so they rudely interrupt him and paraphrase. They say, just what do you think you're doing to do the things that you're doing? Who gave you the authority to do these things? What things? Well, particularly, they're talking about the cleansing of the temple. You see, these guys were into authority. Authority was a big issue with them. They went through great training and a great deal of training to obtain their authority. And so Jesus shows up teaching and preaching and acting like a prophet and a priest. And they say, Mr. Jesus... You haven't been to our rabbinical schools. You haven't been to our seminaries. You haven't been to our colleges. Where did you get this authority? And with this question, they thought that they had him trapped. They thought, gotcha. We got you trapped now. You see, if he said, I have no authority, the crowd would abandon him. And if he said he was from God, then they would arrest him for blasphemy. But did you notice Jesus masterfully, and might I underscore boldly highlight, masterfully turns the tables on them and he asks them a question. Now, let me give you a little hint, a little help. When Jesus asks you a question, it ain't going to be pretty. (laughs) See, when when Jesus asks you a question, the questions that Jesus asks are generally stinging, searching, and silencing. And that's exactly what's going to happen. Did you notice in your Bibles, he said, fellas, tell me, was the baptism of John human or divine, from men or from God? Well, these guys scratch their heads. It's almost like the picture is they get, they, they kind of gather together kind of in a football huddle. And they say, well, they said, if we say, and they're like, hey, fellas, okay. All right, now put our hands together. Okay, one, two, three. All right. If we say that he's from God, then then he'll say, why didn't you believe in him? And because these guys are politicians and they're concerned with public opinion, they couldn't say from men because the people viewed John as a prophet. So what did they do? They plead the fifth on the grounds that they might incriminate themselves. And they said, well, we don't know. That's a lie. You know, you'd have been better off to say we're not telling you. That's why he, you know, and Jesus knows their hearts. That's why he said in verse 27, and I'm not telling you. You get that? You understand? Say amen. You understand? See, Jesus knows their hearts. He knows what they're thinking. They're thinking we know, but we're not telling you. Jesus says, good. I know you know, and I know you're not telling me. That's why I'm not telling you. Got it? Because he knows their hearts. Because he knows the scriptures and he knows that they're just trying to trap him and he knows that they weren't sincere and they did not want to know the truth. And no matter Jesus knew, no matter how I answer them, they're not going to believe. So why argue with them? Why go back and forth with them? You know, we all know people like that. You know, some folks just want to argue about the Bible. Some people, they don't want to know. 
They like to argue about the scriptures. They just want to argue. The Bible says, you know what? Listen, saints, listen. Don't get in an argument with people about the Bible. I never, ever argue about the scriptures. First of all, I don't have to argue about the Bible. All I need to do is speak the word of what God's word says, and God's word will go do its own work in its own power. I don't. It's almost like a lion in a cage. I don't have to defend a lion. All I got to do is open the cage. I don't need to argue about the Bible. The Bible says don't do it. Proverbs 26. If you're taking notes, look it up in your own time. Proverbs 26, it says, do not answer a fool according to his folly. Or you will be like him. Don't argue about the Bible. Some people just want to argue. And you know they want to argue. Their questions are not even rational. They're not even reasonable. Did Adam have a navel? I don't know. I wasn't there. Can God make a rock so big he can't pick it up? You know what? Some folks you need to say when they ask you something, you need to say, you know what? That's just stupid. (laughs) Oh, you calling me stupid? No, no, no. I think I'll be more biblical. You're a fool. You're just a fool. You're a fool, man. You're just a fool. You call me a fool? Yeah. What you gonna do? But you know, don't, don't, don't get in. Don't go back. Some people, they just want to argue. Well, they're talking about authority. Here it is. They're talking about authority. Jesus says, now get this. He doesn't answer them directly. He answers them concerning authority in two parables. He says, fellas, you want to know where I get my authority from? It comes from two sources. Number one, the father. And number two, the son. Notice what he says in verses 28 through 32. In verse 28, if you're there, say amen. But what do you think Jesus says? And notice, he said, I'm not going to answer you. But then he stands there. I get the impression Jesus is kind of folds his arms and says, you know, guys, you know, what do you think about this? Hey, listen to this. A man had two sons and he came to the first and he said, son, go work today in my vineyard. And he answered and said, the son said, I will not. But afterward, he regretted it and he went. And then the father, this man came to the second son And he said, likewise. And he answered and said, I'll go, sir. But he did not go. Jesus said, which of the two did the will of his father? Well, they said to him, well, of course, the first. And Jesus said to them, assuredly, I say to you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes enter the kingdom of God before you. Man, them guys are pulling their hair out. They're like, but their eyes are bulging, the temperature. You see those cartoons where like smoke comes from the ears. You know, they're just like, oh, we're going to kill you. Tax collectors, harlots enter the kingdom of God before you. For John in verse 32 came to you in the way of righteousness and you didn't believe him. But tax collectors and harlots, they believe him. And when you saw it, you did not afterward repent or relent and believe him. Stop right there talking about, you want to know about authority, the authority of the father. This is a very, very, very simple parable. Remember I told you, work with me, a parable is an earthly story with what? A heavenly meaning. Good, you got it. Here's a very simple earthly story with a heavenly meaning. A man wanted his sons to go to work in the family vineyard. He asked the first son, The first son showed, did you notice, no courtesy to his father. He said, I will not. Notice he didn't even say, sir, I will not. See, in that culture, you didn't speak to your father that way. You would address him appropriately. 
And you would respect him and show honor to him by saying, sir. So this first son did not show courtesy to his father. He didn't even say, sir, I will not. He didn't give a reason why he would not. But later, did you notice this? He repented. He changed his mind. He regretted it. And he went. Well, the second son, he was polite. And he answered his father properly. He said, I will go, sir. Sir, oh, yes, I will. And yet he had no intentions of doing it. Like my kids. Oh, you know how it goes. Clean your room. Yes, dad. Yes, sir. I will. Yes, I will. And I've fallen into this trap as parent, you know. Okay. um, Can I go out now? Are you done with your room? Yes, sir, I am. And then I trusted them. And they left the house. And then I went up in the room and I'm like, I'm going to kill him. And you walk in the room and all the stuff is stuffed under the bed. The bed's up off the floor. There's so much stuff under the bed. Did you clean this room? Yes, I did. I did. Well, how come this Pepsi can has been in here for 47 weeks? Yes, I will. You see, and then Jesus answered, asked the question, did you notice? Which of the two did the will of the father? Well, the religious leaders answered the first. And then Jesus dropped a bombshell on them. And he said, good answer. You're right. And that's why the tax collectors and the harlots are going to get into the kingdom before you. Now, what's going on here? Jesus is simply drawing a picture of two kinds of sinners, not a good one and a bad one, but people who know that they are sinners and need salvation and those who are sinners and they think they're okay. They think they don't need salvation. You see, the first son represents the tax collectors and the harlots who are sinners and in need of salvation. And we all know people like that. We all know people who say, I will never go to church. I want nothing to do with God. I remember there's a brother here, and I won't tell you who he is, but he's here serving in the church. I mean, when I first met him two years ago, I went over his house and we were just sitting down. I was with his wife and visiting with them, and he didn't go to church, and she did, to this church. And so I went over, I think, for dinner just for fellowship. So we're sitting out in the little sunroom area. And remember, he didn't go to church, don't even know God. We sit down, he says, preacher, out of nowhere. I mean, we ain't, he ain't even hugged me or nothing. Just all up on me. You know, he said, preacher, I want you to know something. On Saturday night, I'm going to drink my liquor and I'm going to listen to my music. I ain't going to church. You know, like that. I looked at him, I said, did I ask you about that? I said, I'm, you can drink your liquor. Whatever, do what the, hey, I'm just here for a dinner, man. I mean, all that ain't necessary, you know. You know, I could just leave. I mean, I don't need this. And, and you know, so, and, you know, I will never go to church. Do you, I don't want anything to do with church. Do you know? That very same gentleman, just shortly after that, gave his life to Christ. And not only did he give his life to Christ, now he's serving the Lord, loving the Lord. And me and him sit around and just chuckle about that one situation. Because God is so good. Amen, saints? 
I'm telling you, we serve a God who is awesome. Two words. Awesome. (laughs) And we all know people like the first son who said, I will not. And yet they repent and they turn to God. And then we know people like the second son who represents the scribes and the Pharisees who say, oh, yeah, we're religious. Yes, we'll go to church. Yes, we'll love God. Yes, sir, we'll do it. We will go. And they lie and they don't. And Jesus said the tax collectors and the sinners will get into heaven before you. Why? Because they believed and they truly repented. Two short parables we have here. The one we just read is another, a short parable, but yet we can learn many, many things. Number one, taking notes, here's something we can learn right off the bat. That Jesus doesn't want a profession of our faith, but he wants a possession of our faith. He doesn't want, God does not, saints, listen, God, listen, God does not want lip service. Amen. Oh, yes, I love you, God. Oh, yes, I'll serve you. Oh, yes, I'll do all the things that you have called me to do. Oh, yes, I'm a Christian. Listen, just because somebody says they're a Christian, just because they say they serve God, just because they say they love God, does not mean that they really are. The Bible says you'll know a tree by the fruit that it bears. That's how you know. And I think Christians, we're too gullible. We think just because a person comes down the aisle that they got saved. And so people say, oh, Pastor Rodney, how come you guys don't have more altar calls? People coming, how come people aren't coming down their aisles and that kind of stuff? You know why? Because one, we do as I feel led of the Lord to do them, but I don't do them just because I feel like I need to have to do them because I understand that altar calls don't save people. Jesus saves. Look, I've seen many people come down the aisle crying and tissues and the whole nine, you know, you know, just, (laughs) you know, you're crying hard, your shoulders, (laughs) you know, you're crying hard when your shoulders get going, you know. And they come down the aisle and they go, oh, 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 yes, Jesus. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And you see them a week later, bro, how you doing? Well, I ain't doing good. I guess that old salvation thing didn't take. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Okay. No, the Lord does not want lip service. He wants a changed life. And I do believe in the touch and the transformation and the power of God. I still believe that. I'm from the old school. Okay, fine. But I do believe that when God truly touches your life and God truly transforms your life, you will be changed. No questions asked. It's not just a profession, but it's a possession. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things pass away and behold what saints all things become new. So we learn God doesn't want a profession of our faith. He wants a possession of our faith. Own it. Be real about it. And then we also learn no matter how bad your sin is, if you trust the Lord, he'll save you. Notice in verse 31 in your Bibles. I love this. Right next to verse 31, I wrote, praise the Lord. Notice it says, tax collectors and harlots go into the kingdom. And I wrote, praise the Lord. You see, no religion will qualify a person to get into heaven and no sin will keep a person out of heaven if they believe and repent. Amen, saints. No matter how sinful a person's past. If you repent, you're going to heaven. Man, I think when you get to heaven, when we get to heaven, there are going to be some surprises when you get there. I think largely you're going to be surprised that you in heaven. 
Now, you know I'm right. You know. Come on. You're going to be like, man, I made it. (laughs) I can't believe it. Smoke all back here, you know. It's like, woo! I made it. Hallelujah. Woo! Phew, it was really close. (laughs) Come on, you know. You're going to be surprised you're in heaven. And you know what? You're also going to be surprised at the other people who are in heaven. You really will be. I mean, you're going to be surprised that heaven is filled with drug addicts, redeemed, forgiven drug addicts. Heaven is filled with prostitutes. Used to be. Yes, it's right. Heaven is filled with redeemed murderers. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch, in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.